Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing in Real Estate. This week we have Bobby. So Bobby is an out-of-state investor who started in the Bay Area. Currently, Bobby is a meetup host in the San Francisco Bay Area with over 4,000 members. That's amazing. Bobby, welcome to the show. Can you walk us through how you got into real estate? Yeah, thank you, Brian. Thank you. And it was uh, great to meet you last week. And um, uh, thanks for you know uh, inviting me to your podcast. I'm truly honored. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I started out in uh, 1988 wow. uh, in Southern California. Mm-hmm. I did what's called house hacking before that was a very popular term. Mm-hmm. So I got, uh, I, I got a three-bedroom, two-bath house, and uh, I put an ad in the local paper. There was no uh, internet or anything at that time, but uh, people did read newspapers back then, so that's how old I am, but free uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pre-internet. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I put an ad in the paper, and the phone started ringing the next day, and uh, before I knew it, I had two roommates, and uh, they pretty much paid for, it, it covered the mortgage, the insurance and taxes, I had to come out of pocket. But yeah, I lived in a nice three-bedroom, two-bath house with two great uh, roommates for a long time. So that's, that's kind of how I got started. Mm-hmm. And which part of LA was this? I, I was actually in Riverside. Uh, Riverside? Riverside, so yeah, mm-hmm. near, near uh, Corona and uh, on the way to Orange County, that's where I was. Okay. And what was Riverside like back in 1988? It was it was still booming. It was at mm-hmm. the at the at that time. It was the it was coming close to the end of the real estate cycle, mm-hmm. uh, but it was booming. Yeah, there were a lot of jobs. People from Orange County that couldn't afford Orange County were moving into Riverside. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a few years later, you know that that market turned uh, mm-hmm. in a in a very volatile kind of a way. But uh, um, but I bought actually near the top uh so but you know the, of course the market has come back even in southern california even in, in riverside uh but it's come back but uh, it took a about a 35 percent uh cut back then um it took a 35 percent dive after the peak oh wow yeah this is yeah. back in 1988 uh this is now the correction happened in the early 90s early 90s okay yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's some good history for some of our listeners to know about the history of southern california yeah that's awesome bobby yeah. so um how did you transition from house hacking in 1988 to 1990s to what you have right now yeah let me ask you this question how did you end up in the san francisco bay area yeah so, you know, I, I was working in a tech company and I always knew that I wanted to be in the Bay Area. Like this is the, this is the capital of, you know, technology. And uh, I worked for a Japanese company and they were having a hard time finding engineers over here. Uh, I worked for Mitsubishi Electric and uh, at that time. And uh, one day my, my manager had flown out to the Bay Area and he was having, he interviewed a bunch of people. He didn't like any of them. <laughs> and uh, 
or he couldn't afford a whole bunch, many of them. Mm -hmm. uh, so he, uh, he was just saying, he, you know, that, um, you know, how frustrating it was to find engineers over here. And I, I said, you know what? I've always wanted to go up to the Bay Area. So mm -hmm. I, I said, you know, do you, uh, if you'd like, I can move up there and you can find somebody down here. And he's like, let's do it, you know? So, uh, awesome. so I ended up in San Bruno and, uh, and then got into, uh, got, after that, I got into a tech startup, uh, which uh, did pretty well in 2000. This, now, now we're, if we fast forward, now we're in... Uh, uh, 1999, 2000 mm -hmm. era, and um, and uh, so I, I did uh, pretty well with this with a tech startup at that time. Mm -hmm. So th that's how I ended up in the Bay Area, Brian. Uh, but mm -hmm. but I always because of my my degree was in computer and information science. I, mm -hmm. I always knew that at somehow I have to uh, kind of navigate my way to Silicon Valley. That that yeah. was my goal. I have to agree with that one. Similar for myself, I started my tech career in, in LA. And when I was in LA, I knew that I had, I had to come up to the Bay Area because obviously this is, where, this is where it's cracking, you know? You have to be here. Yeah. And then I think you started real estate a little bit before I did, yeah. but I didn't start real estate until I got to the Bay Area. Until I lived with this guy named Sean Pan. And he's like, hey, do you want to do real estate with me? I'm like, okay. <laughs> So Sean, is, Sean is a rock star. Yes. He's a rock star. Very nice. Very that's nice. basically how I got into real estate. It's a very similar story, but if you were to compare apples to apples, you're way ahead of me, Bobby. Okay. No, no, no. no. <laughs> By the time you're old, an old man like me, you'll be way ahead. So uh, good for you. It's only three years from now. Yeah, there. I wish, brother. No, you're, you're, you're doing great. Now, I'm really proud of what Sean Tom and the stronger mom and what you guys are doing is just phenomenal. So, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, 26 flips in the barrier is no joke, right? So, um, mm -hmm. good. Awesome. Thank you, Bobby. So fast forward a bit. Yeah. How'd you get into your first real investment property in the Bay yeah. area? Yeah. So I got married and being uh -huh. Asian, I was <laughs> always thinking, uh, that the house that I bought in Fremont, mm -hmm. I always thought that I couldn't, really afford that house. I, even at that time, I thought I was paying way too much. And, and I, well, I only paid uh, uh, 370000 for uh, 370? Oh, yeah, my God. Uh, yeah. And three months, <laughs> three bedroom, <laughs> three bedroom, two baths with a big yard. Uh -huh. and, um, but, you know, I always, you know, being conservative, uh, I always felt like I was overpaying, you know. So what I did was... Uh, we didn't have any kids back then. So what I, I, I found a house where I could create like an in-law unit, even back then. Mm -hmm. uh, I created a separate entrance, a separate kitchen, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, uh, and what happened was uh, housing was in such high demand. And uh, I was able to section off uh, completely a, a, a big part of the house and mm -hmm. had a had a, you know, all, there was always a techie or a student uh, that was looking for a place like that. It, mm -hmm. it had it, its own master uh, bedroom, master bath, uh, master everything. So, so there, was, there was always a, a, a demand for, for uh, that, that little unit that I had. Mm -hmm. So that's how I did uh, my first investment. And then uh, 
in 2010, okay. the market dropped, right? 2009. Oh, and, and by the way, I sold that house um, late August, early September of 2007. Mm -hmm. I sold my Fremont house uh, at about, I bought it for 370 sold it for uh, 520 Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did okay there. Did okay there. Yeah. But then I sat on the sidelines because I felt like the market was just uh, out of control in uh, in two thousand seven, eight, uh, and then in nine, two thousand nine, it started to like correct, and in, and so in two thousand ten, mm -hmm. I went back to the to into real estate. I bought uh, at the courthouse steps. I bought a house in San Jose, and then I bought a house in in, in Oakland. Oh wow! And I uh, luckily the one I bought in San Jose uh, did not need a lot of work. Uh, and I think it was less than five thousand oh, wow. dollars, and I did, and I did, I did most of it. I, I, I on the weekends I'd go out there, mm -hmm. I'd paint, I'd fix the windows. Uh, I think the only thing uh, that I paid somebody to do was some plumbing, some plumbing work, but everything was below five thousand. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, I rented it out, and uh, it's been a rental since then. Mm -hmm. And then in, in Oakland, however, I started to do fix and flips. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, back in 2010 in Oakland? Um, in 2010, 11, mm -hmm. 12, I still had my day job, mm -hmm. but I was doing a few flips on the side. And so I accumulated a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. uh, so fast forward to 2014. Mm -hmm. Four years later, fourteen. Uh, there was an event in Kansas City about real estate, and uh, and I got the email, and I looked on Southwest.com, and the event was uh, Saturday Sunday, mm -hmm. and so I I just said, you know what, I've never been to Kansas City, I want to go try it out, mm -hmm. and I flew out there to the real estate. Uh, it was like a it was like a big meetup event. By the end of that trip. I had put in a down payment on four homes because when I looked at the prices, it was like, huh, you mean to say I can buy in a B neighborhood, uh, like a three bedroom, four bedroom uh, house for about $60,000. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's, you know, that's a, that's just a rehab cost in Oakland. Uh, and I'm getting a, like a, completely fixed home for 60 to $80,000. So I, um, I ended up with uh, four homes there. Congratulations. Yeah. Since then I, I still uh, kept a couple of them mm -hmm. uh, and I sold two. So I sold two to generate a little bit of profit, but mm -hmm. I kept the rentals. So that's how I got into my out of state investing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Oh, wow. I think if we trace back a little bit, as you mentioned that uh, you're fixing your Fremont property. Yeah. What was the rules and regulation like back in 2000? Yeah. And what, what year was that again? 2000. 2001, 2002, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't do any structural changes. The only thing I did was I, um, I closed out the door that, from the master suite. I was able to close, uh, completely uh, close out that door. I mm -hmm. did hire a handyman. A licensed, uh, like a some kind of a jet, 
he used to be a GC, but then he gave up his GC to do handyman work. Oh, wow. He knew what he was doing. He put the, he put the frame, he, he locked it out. But, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, we, we didn't put a full kitchen. It was a, like a kitchenette. So mm -hmm. it was just a, we didn't run any uh, uh, new electrical. We didn't run any new gas. Mm -hmm. um, so, but uh, I w I'm sure if the city had shown up, it, it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what was, that's what I was wondering. It's like, you know, you said you made it sound a little bit too easy. That's not the Bay Area I know. You know, and no, nothing's easy. Nothing's easy. <laughs> um, but I did all that without a permit, and um, you know. Uh, uh, but it, but but the work was you know we weren't moving any walls we weren't uh, you know pulling any more uh, sockets or anything like that so it was pretty pretty cosmetic uh, to be honest. Okay, that, I mean that five thousand dollars of what you did was, whew, I can't imagine that, <laughs> especially right. during this time. No no not not nowadays no way. Yeah. No. And for our listeners, when um, Bobby when Bobby is referring to Kansas City, he means Kansas City, Missouri. Missouri, Missouri. <laughs> Very true. Very true. I'm much be, friendlier. Yeah, you'd be you'd be surprised at how many people think Kansas City is in Kansas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very misleading, though. Yeah, very misleading. So that's awesome. I mean, you mentioned that you know you you bought your four houses, you sold two of them. That's just a small picture of your success, you know. So I saw on Facebook recently that you closed on, I believe, a 92 units? Uh, 106 units. Oh, 106 units. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Oh, we all want to know. <laughs> the transition over to 106 units. Yeah. So before that transition, I actually partnered uh, with uh, some other friends that I met at my meetup. Okay. Uh, so, you know, for the folks that are listening to Brian's podcast, who maybe hesitate going to meetups. Uh, meetups are a great place to network, to find connections, to find your future partners. So I'll tell you a quick story. I, I met somebody at uh, another meetup. We exchanged business cards. Long story short, uh, we ended up becoming partners and, and they owned a bunch of real estate also in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And him and I were talking uh, and having coffee one day and the streets that he was naming where his properties were, were the same streets where I own some properties mm -hmm. uh, or, or the same zip codes. Um, so we connected and um, we, uh, we grew that company. When I met them, they were at 110 doors oh, wow. uh, in, in, in the Midwest. Uh, and fast forward to now, you know, we are now at about 600 doors. Wow. Uh, in that company. What, so, was the, what is the time span of this? So you met this person? Um, this is of over four and a half years. Four and a half years. You guys went from 100 to 600. That's amazing. Hey, like hey, that. Yeah. Very yeah. And, and it's the power of connecting with people. It's the power of the network. It's the power of meetups. It's the power of, um, you know, uh, establishing trust and, and, and so on. But, uh, uh, but yeah, we, we were fortunate, you know, our, our investors, uh, we, we work closely just like you do with investors. Um, so now we have, um, we've got, so we had that going. And then uh, uh, there was a gentleman that had spoken at my event uh, three years ago uh, on multifamily. Him and I were having a lunch actually. And he said, listen, we're about to go into contract. 
you want to help out with the due diligence? Do you want to help out? You know, do you want to invest? Do you want to, you know, help kind of uh, operate the company? Yeah. And, uh, and, and so we just, we were just brainstorming and long story short, uh, we ended up putting that property under contract. It was uh, the seller. Uh, this is an example of how sometimes you just get lucky. Mm-hmm. The seller had sold properties earlier uh, to my partners. Mm-hmm. He had a huge portfolio in Minneapolis. He was getting older and he didn't want to, he wanted to play golf in Florida and move out of Minneapolis and, and mm-hmm. just go live in Florida. Uh, he, he was extremely wealthy mm-hmm. and, he, and he basically came to our, my partners and said, listen, I don't want to go through a broker. If you guys make me a reasonable offer, the property is yours. Oh, wow. And he said, look, you already know the Minneapolis market. You already know what the regulations are, what the demand is. Mm-hmm. And Minneapolis was one of those markets that people don't think of very uh, often. But uh, the, the house, there's a big housing shortage in Minneapolis, especially in what's called a workforce housing. Mm-hmm. So C-plus C kind of neighborhood. So, yeah, we, we, we raised the capital. We raised the, uh, the, the, the money for the down payment and some uh, CapEx. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we just closed on it a couple of months ago. Wow. Uh, so that, that one was a syndication. It was a 506B. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was, uh, I've invested in other people's syndication, but this was the first time I did my own syndication. Congratulations, Bobby. Thank you, Brian. So a couple of things I want to highlight in Bobby's story. I said the power of, of networking. When people tell me or when people say net, your network is your network. So that's absolutely true. I see it in Bobby's situation. I see it in my situation. I think with Bobby and myself included, by having our meetup, like we can meet so many different people. And just, you know, right off the bat, like who you have synergy with, you know? Like you're going to meet 100 people, 200 people, but all you really need to, to meet is one really good person. Yep. And together you guys can accomplish a lot, you know? So that's one of the stuff I want to highlight in that. And for you guys that are listening to um, this podcast, so 506B in syndication means that you can fundraise to non-accredited investors and taking 35 non-accredited. Um, all right, so back up a bit, a credit investor is someone who has, um, I believe, over 200K in income and one, over $1 million in net worth. Yes. Yep. Awesome, Bobby. Hey, Bobby, just out of curiosity, like, how did you go about the fundraising process and how did you leverage your meetup for that? Yeah, so, you know, luckily, um, over the years, I've built a net database of my accredited investors, you know, mm-hmm. so I've got, uh, I've got, you know, maybe a couple hundred, maybe 250 people in that. Uh, That's really impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, um uh, and uh, so I reached out to them and it was, you know, you know, um, uh, basically saying, hey, and I already know them, right? They've already invested with me or, or I've invested with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have a good working relationship, good rapport. Mm-hmm. And we only needed like 10 or 15 people. We didn't need a lot of people for this one. Mm-hmm. So that's how we raised the, the capital for... Uh, in a 506B, you're not allowed to advertise. 
uh, per se, you know, you, you're not allowed to broadcast it in public and all that. So, but as long as you do it uh, to, through a select, we, we actually did a Zoom meeting. We uh, sent out an, an email to our accredited investors who we already had a relationship with. And we said, listen, we, this is what we're thinking about doing. Mm-hmm. Here's the numbers. If, if this is something that's uh, of interest to you, uh, please reach out to us. So mm-hmm. uh, about 35 people showed up and 18 invested. Oh, wow. That's really, that's really amazing. Yeah. And, and the partners, myself, uh, the, my two partners, uh, we also put in capital. Uh, in, in, so we have skin in the game. Just like they, our investors have skin in the game, we put in our own capital. Okay, that's, that's really good to hear. For you guys listening, Bobby has skin in the game. <laughs> I have skin in the game. Definitely. Um, and I know there's some of my listeners, uh, they asked me a question in the last indication podcast. I was wondering if you could help me clarify it. Um, some of them are wondering... Is it perfectly legal to send out like a 506C mass email to their I forgot, like Facebook group or something like that? If it's perfectly legal, like I just want to run it by you. So they, I, I believe it is on a 506C because that's under the uh, general solicitation. You have to have the mm-hmm. 506C uh, filed with the SEC and all that, but, but uh, so 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 does a 506B. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe in a 506C, you can go to a crowdfunding platform and post your deal over there. You can broadcast it. You can, you know, there's no restrictions on. Uh, I think there's some uh, additional paperwork if they're non-accredited. You have to make them maybe have more disclosures uh, in a 506C. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you you can broadcast that. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm working on uh, my next syndication most likely will be a 506C. Okay. Wow. Fantastic, Bobby. Yeah. That's awesome. So now as part of the episode, I, I just want to change the gear a little bit and talk a little bit more about your motivation and your goals and what do you want to accomplish, you know? Yeah. So we'll start short. What is your, by this time, end of next year, what do you hope to accomplish? And five years from now, what do you want to accomplish? Yeah. So my motivation was mainly to free up my time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I wanted to be able to um, kind of do things that I enjoy. And it was to replace my, my income from my day job, which is the motivation for a lot of people, right? A lot of people want to have passive income uh, that replaces their W-2. So whether you work in tech or you work in an, as a nurse, you work as a doctor, Whatever that is, you know, people strive to, to replace that W-2. So for me, uh, through passive income, that happened about uh, three years ago. And then I said, you know what? You know, I'm not one of those guys that hates their day job, right? In fact, I was very fortunate. I, I work for a great company, great managers. I didn't hate my job. Uh, yeah. Like some people dread going to work. Yeah, I had no problems going to work. I love my <laughs> clients, and uh, um, so yeah, I uh, I did that. My sh- my next my near term goals are to maybe do that five hundred six C. There's an, a new model that we're working on, which will allow people to get cash flow appreciation depreciation, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but in a very simple kind of a way. So I'm I'm so if I can get that project, that project is almost 
off the ground. It's almost there. Mm-hmm. And then I'm working on a tech startup. Uh, it's still wow. working out the kinks, but I, uh, I uh, you know, because you and I, we come from our, our from our tech yeah. background, so we've got the the tech DNA in our in our in our system. So uh, yeah. in our genes, I have a a little pipe dream for building a, a certain technology for real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, if I that's my long term goal. That's um, that's you know that's a ten year five year kind of a uh, effort. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I work on it every day. I've got a team, uh, developers, designers, uh, my my partners that are putting. Uh, so we're, we're funding it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's my long term goal to see uh, to to see that you know come through successfully. I think that's very admirable. You know, I think I have the same type of goals as well. Good for you. People always ask me, Brian, what you into real estate? And I always tell them, it's because I want to free up my time so I can start a tech company. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I think real estate is a great vehicle to kind of use that to kind of free up your time to achieve other dreams and ambitions you have. Yeah. You know, I always ask, I always like to ask people and myself this question. What would you do today if money was no longer an issue? I would I would travel a lot. I would take care of the family, mm-hmm. uh, I, but I would take care of a lot of people that uh, don't have the entrepreneurial uh, access to entrepreneurial systems. Right there, there. So I'm, I'm, you know, you and I were fortunate. We get to travel a lot. I get to travel a lot internationally, mm-hmm. and I go to kind of some uh, off. The, off the beat, you know, beaten path kind of uh, uh, places where not a lot, they're, they're not, it's not, a, those places are often not tourist traps or, you know, uh-huh. it's not like Paris or Rome or Greece. I go to some really uh, strange places. <laughs> <laughs> and what I see is lack of opportunity. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to long-term see if I can help maybe one city or one place just get more entrepreneurial, you know. Um, I like that. Yeah. Impact, you know. Yeah, one, one little impact. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. I was, I was listening to, I guess, like a, a different podcast. I think Indian billionaire Nadine or something. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Uh, so he's, he, sent, he sent the first, uh, I forgot, spaceship to the moon from India. Oh, uh, Naveen Jain, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's telling in his, in his short speech, is like, life is all about creating, freeing up your time to create that impact. And the crazier and the more, he's like, the more you believe in it, believe into it, the crazier people think you are, but that's okay. You have to keep pushing for your passions, you know? So I really appreciate that. Yeah. So Bobby, what kind of advice would you give someone that's just starting out on the investing side? Uh, number one, uh, you know, surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself with positive and ethical people—people people that have high degree of honesty and 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 um, work ethic, right? And and they're positive. I was very fortunate that when I started my meetup, one of the things I like about the real estate um, these events that you and I hold, mm-hmm. uh, the groups that we run. Uh, a lot of people, the vast majority, are very positive, very helpful. They see the, you know, they don't mind uh, uh, sharing the wealth. You know, they don't mind sharing their knowledge. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't mind making connections. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I would say if you're starting out, go meet and create your network, mm-hmm. uh, your network of people, and uh, and surround yourself with positive people. Yeah, um, and 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 I think you can do really well just from that in that environment. I agree with that. It's all about having the abundance mindset too. Abundance. Yep. The the mindset that you know, there's a lot of everything. It's okay to share. You know. And also, I, you know, now that I'm also a meetup host, I think that it, the culture that you just defined really stems from you yourself, Bobby. I think it's because people see that you are selfless and you're willing to help without any, you know, monetary or social gains or whatever. You create this culture in your own meetup group that people like to help each other and share. So props to you, man. Thank you, brother. <laughs> I see that a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. I guess now that we're, since we are approaching the end of the show, what would you have done differently if you started a real estate career all over again? Yeah, if I had to do all over, I would uh, do more deals. Mm-hmm. I would take a little bit more of a, of a gamble if I was younger. Mm-hmm. As I get older, I, I become a little bit more conservative. But I, I look back and I say, you know what? I was too conservative in my 20s. I should have been more aggressive in my 20s. And uh, so I would say uh, what I would do differently is I would spend every free moment reading, listening, going to the events, and doing deals. Just do deals, right? Yeah. Uh, small deals, large deals, but make sure that the, the numbers make sense, right? Uh, don't get carried away with, um, you know, what, whatever HGTV is telling you. Uh, you know, don't get carried away with some of the Facebook noise about people making, you know, uh, half a million on a flip yeah. or a bit. Um, you know, I'm waiting for the day when somebody in Facebook group says they made a billion dollars on a flip. On a, on a, you know, some, something crazy like that. But, uh, but they're out there. They're posting, you know. Uh, stuff that uh, is, you know, not quite uh, accurate. Maybe they got lucky once, but uh, <laughs> so, but be realistic. You know, study the market. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then yeah. But but surround yourself with people like Brian and uh, you know Sean and uh, Tom and you know um, just be just be around good, solid, you know, human beings. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that a lot. You know. So I think you bring up a really good point too. It's don't quite believe everything you see. There's always a backstory to everything. Uh, someone may seem wildly successful. And for you, you get this shiny object syndrome. You're like, oh, I was like, I'm making so much money, you know? Don't, like, I always tell people, like, when you see something too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true, especially in real estate, you know? Numbers are eye-popping. Yeah. It's probably something wrong in the deal. <laughs> so something's wrong. <laughs> if someone tries to partner you and offers you like 18 to like 30% return in like six months, it's not real. Not it's too good to be true. So just always do your homework first. You know, like knowledge is one thing that you always fall back on. Yeah. Also, like there's plenty of resources out there, you know? Yes. Yes. Feel, feel free to reach out to Bobby, myself, using other forms and sources to ask for questions. And slowly through time, as you network and meet more people, you realize, like, what are the true returns? What are the true numbers? So that's super important. Know your numbers. Definitely. Know your numbers. Hey, Bobby, um, I guess the last question I'm going to ask you is, what is your favorite book? Oh, man. Uh, I would have to say 
uh, making friends and influenced people is up there on top. Of course, everybody says rich dad, poor dad. But, uh, you know, I, I think I read uh, making friends and influenced people uh, way before I read rich dad, poor dad. And that really changed how I operate and work with people. I um, And I think that's been one of the key reasons why I'm kind of successful in real estate because real estate at the end of the day mm -hmm. is a people business, right? Yeah. So I would say uh, that book, if you can get a, um, you know, if you haven't read it, uh, uh, you know, then get a digital copy or whatever, uh, mm -hmm. but do read that. Of course, Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, is so important and influential, but I think everybody on this planet has read it, <laughs> almost everybody, yeah. but yeah, those two. Okay, awesome, Bobby. So how can our listeners reach you or find out more about you? Sure, yeah. So, so my website is really simple. It's uh, bayflip.com, B-A-Y-F-L-I-P.com. And my email is uh, uh, bobby at uh, bayflip.com. So they can get hold of me there. Mm -hmm. If they Google me or if they uh, go to Facebook or LinkedIn, uh, Bobby Sharma, they'll find me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I'll also include that in the show notes as well. So, right. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you for being the podcast. I appreciate it. I appreciate you inviting me. Thank you, Brian. Awesome. Thank you. All right.